Inherently Happy, Episode 11, Happy Sight, S-I-G-H-T. Now's the time when I make my claims for all the wonderful things that having a personal relationship with Happy can do for you. And if you'll just subscribe, donate, talk me up to your friends, and put me in your will, I can put you, I can put in a good word for you with Happy. Is what big faith would have you believe I should do. But happy is yours. And your own personal happy you is the part that makes you you. And so that's up to you. But my happy sight that can recognize the happy within wants to mention that happy is good, pure, and true. So don't start mistaking pressure or stress relief as the same thing as a fundamental sense of your ideal self. That's what happy. The happy you is your ideal self. The one that you want to be. The one that you know is in there. If not for everything. Just like drinking may be fun, but your body sees it as a poison just the same. We're covering ourselves. We're burying ourselves in things that are slowly killing us. Happy is no poison. Happy is no Kool-Aid. Happy is the thing you are trying to forget, which is why you drink the poison of hopelessness and despair. But just like lollipops that have a treat at the center, it it doesn't matter how much shit sticks to the lollipop. The center is still fine. I mean, until you get to the center and expose it, but unlike candy, happy can take it without ever changing its pure, true, good nature. Your core nature. Your happy nature. Nurture can expose, explore, or bury your true self. But your true self, your happy self, never goes away. That's the good news, the happy news, the happy word. Even in those who have forgotten how to be decent and kind humans, they're still happy. A light buried under so many bushels it's hard to see. But happy sight is like a filter, internal. Like if you buy a red car, you start noticing all the other red cars out there because you have that red car filter. So when you start ascribing motivations to people based on how happy, how in tune, with their core true goodness, they are, then you start to see how far they'll need to go to get to the Tootsie Roll center of their Tootsie Pop. It takes time to refine happy sight, granted. A ruby red car is different from a candy apple red one. At first, those who have forgotten how to get in touch with themselves are easy to spot. They radiate stress, and you can refine it as you go. They're always fighting their feelings. They wish things weren't the way they are, but they are. And they won't rest until that changes or they die. But sometimes, stress is not the greatest environment to make good decisions. Imagine. So why not try to, I don't know, accept reality and affect what you can? And while urgency is often a concern, efficiency is a significant factor as well. I get home in much the same time if I go 80 
than if I go 70 and use cruise control and listen to something and stay in the right lane. And, you know, then I don't need to mind cops or asshole drivers. They can just go on by paying me no mind. People said, oh no, you got a red car? They get pulled over way more. Only if they're speeding or driving like an asshole, though. In the car I had before, I got a ticket. Before the crash. I'll tell you about the crash. But I got a ticket because I was going 94. I got a ticket for going 94. And the reason I got a ticket for going 94 is not because I was like, look at me, I'm going 94. No, I was going 75, had it on 79 because I'd heard that 80 will get you a ticket. And I was like, well, I got to be fast. And I was from L.A. and you never go more than like 20 miles an hour and anywhere you go. So going 60 is like, woohoo, I didn't know my car could do that anymore. And and then, but going 75 or 79, you're like, and you can get around people. And most people go around 75 or 70. So you can like, zoom, zoom, zoom. And then there's all also those other L.A. people that like to go 85 or anything like that. Well, I'm coming around a turn. It's early in the morning. I'm on my way to do charity work. Yes, that's part of the story. Mr. Charity, we're going to do it for work. It's the charity of the school, and I'm on the committee. That It's a whole thing. Because I'm with the department that, that is the, they're the, the, the front people for the charity. It just so happened, believe me, I wouldn't be doing the charity stuff if I didn't have to. I'm not a volunteer, I'm a voluntold. You're like, no, but you're nice. But no, I try to make the best of it, but I would rather sleep in. Okay, I don't work at soup kitchens. My brother does. I'm not against soup kitchens, but I'm sleeping. You're like, oh, you selfish son of a bitch. I'm trying to help in other ways. Anyway, so I get a ticket. Because I'm coming around the bend in the highway and the sun's in my eyes and like, oh, I put my hands up and everything like that. I check my rearview mirror. Just, Holy shit. There is a car, truck, right on my ass. I can't even see the headlights in the rearview mirror. I only see grill. That's how fucking close they are. And it shocked me. And then the lights in my eyes, I'm coming around the turn. I'm about five minutes from my destination. And it pissed me off. And I was going to like get in the right lane and then follow this. You know, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't going to do it. I've done that before. It's bad. It's bad. I, I get angry. I get angry. Don't you see that I need inherently happy? I need to believe that more than anybody. Don't you get that? You're like, why did somebody, you know, do all these kind of things where they're trying to express and, and help and be self-helping? Because they need it. Because they fucking need it. And the faith and the new age. And why do they do it? Because they need it. Because they need it. Okay? I need it. I need it. If you want to get some out of it, great. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to come to your house one by one. I'm going to do it on a freaking podcast. You find it yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I'm already going 79. And this guy's right on my ass. Which means he's going 79. Well, he's on my ass. But he must have come up on me going over 80 because I didn't see him like a second ago. And there he is, boom, right now. And so I and I can't get to the right because there's one of those car carriers that doesn't have any cars in it. Empty car carriers blocking a car. There's irony or it's not irony. It's just bad luck. And so I have to zoom up because that guy's pissed me off behind me and I can't get to the right and I have to zoom up. And that's when the cop sees me. And they work in twos apparently. One in, in like an SUV or a trucky kind of thing and the other on a motorcycle. And so I'm, you know, going ahead, going ahead, going ahead. And that's when I get busted. That's when I do. I'm like, son of a bitch. And so I pull over and, you know, there's no places to stand in the, in the highway. So the, the, the police officer on the motorcycle has to come around to the passenger side up in the grass and stuff like that. 
He's like, you know, hey, you know, what's the hurry and everything like that. And I'm like, that's kind of a smarmy way to start. You know, like, you know, not like, excuse me, you know, it's just, it felt a little smarmy, just a little bit like, hey, you know, like, are you trying to be my pal? Or is this like, hey, man, you were going pretty fast, huh? But he also had a bit of like the, you know, don't, don't, don't get any ideas of talking back to me. It's like, hey, where are you going? What, you know, do you realize how fast we're going? You know, he launches right into it. And I'm like, he's like, you know, didn't you not, did you not see my partner? You know, I'm like, no. I mean, that one seemed like a, if I had seen your fucking partner, do you think I would have kept speeding, motherfucker? No. And you're like, oh, do you have a problem with authority? I'm like, no, I have a problem with dicks. Okay. This guy was coming at me like a dick. Okay. Did I do wrong? You're fucking right. I did. I'm the one who got caught. I did wrong. I'm not going to argue. And I didn't say anything rude, but I'm thinking to myself, dick. So, and I'm like pissed because that guy pushed me into this and I feel like the bigger boy didn't even get caught. And, and so he's like, you know, didn't you see my partner? He caught you doing 87. I clocked you doing 94. And I'm like, I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, didn't think I was going to. I didn't say that. What I said was like, okay, I believe you. And he was like, no argument. In his mind, he's like, no argument. That is weird. Because I really, I expected like, 94, are you crazy? Don't you have killers to catch or some shit like that? And you're trying to, I'm trying to get on my way to the, mother- nope, 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 nope. And so I'm like, so he's like, so what was the hurry? What, 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 where are you going? You know? And I'm like, are you going to believe me if I tell you? I'll believe anything you say. And that sounded a little pandering too. Like, oh, you're going to believe anything I say. So aliens, no. So I'm like, well, I was driving along. I had it on cruise control. I had heard that, you know, you don't want to go above a certain, you know, just keep up with traffic and all that sort of thing. And no, I didn't say I had it on cruise control. I'm like, I I said that later. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going along. The sun's in my eyes. I'm going. And then I look in the back and all I see is grill. This guy was right behind me and I didn't have any place to turn. So I had to speed up because he pissed me off. I'll be honest. And I hate using the phrase, I'll be honest, because like you're either honest or you're not honest. Saying that phrase does not change that state. It sounds like you're advertising it, like you don't think people will believe you. And then it's become a throwaway line. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Say it, and if I believe you, I'll go, okay, you were being honest. And if I don't believe you, then saying I'll be honest makes it sound even worse. Just like promise. I don't like the word promise. I'm like, oh, you can promise that the sun will come up tomorrow? I don't think that's something you have the power to promise. I mean, it might, but it might not. We wouldn't know for eight minutes because the light from the sun takes that long to get here. So, you know, like, oh, no, I'll be there. I promise. Oh, really? You don't, you don't, you know the future? You're like, no, no, no. I'm not like that. I promise. Really? In every circumstance, you know exactly how you are? Just, there's nothing good that comes out of saying, to be honest, or promises. Getting sidetracked, I know. I do that. And I, I, I've gone off book. It is true. Because now I realize as I was writing, I forgot to tell the story of me getting a ticket. So let me continue with that. Thank you. So I tell him that I got mad and I sped up. And he goes, huh. Now he's already surprised that I didn't argue with him. And now he's surprised that he believed me. And he goes, okay, hold on. And he takes the registration and all that shit. And he goes to his car, motorcycle, sorry. And he comes back. And he's like, okay, I, I have to give you a ticket, but I'm only going to give you one for 75, going 75 miles an hour instead of 94. 
I was, and he's like, I saved you about $200. I'm like, thank you. And that's when now I like, I've already won to a certain extent. So now I can start telling him the other things. I'm like, I always go with 70. It's so funny because I always go with 79 I'm on cruise control because they say that, you know, like 80 is what you'll get pulled over for. And he's like, eh, that, it's up to each individual officer. I mean, technically we can get you a 75 or 70, you know, like over 10 miles over the speed limit. But yeah, you know, most don't don't bother with anything under that, you know, but some do, you know. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, I was on my way to a charity event, if you can even believe that. I didn't say that before because it would have sounded like, okay, all right, buddy. Pull the heartstrings. Let's not, you know. And so I just wanted to tell you, like, he's like, oh, no, that's cool, you know. And, like, I shook his hand. I got his name. He was a really nice guy and everything like that. I mean, hopefully never see him again. At least not in the work capacity. You know, I don't mind. My brother was in the Army. I don't mind police officers in, in personal life or anything like that. I don't like to be at the at the asking questions end of the police, you know, relationship. Thank you. And, uh. And some cops are just surly, okay, because they expect the worst out of people. You know, that's that's where I can probably do the most good in getting them happy. So I used to be a door-to-door salesman. For one week, I was the second best one they ever had because, and it's true, it's true, what I'm about to say, because I was given the tiny podunk towns that had miles and miles in between them. And the number one salesperson was given all the large cities. Uh, large cities, you know, 25,000 or more. And I was given the 2,500, you know, like, or, and less. And so the fact that I was only two away from the best, I think, says a lot more about me because I worked the hell. So I got better saturation. I got, like, really good responses from all the little tiny towns the number one salesperson, you see I'm not saying a gender because I don't want it to become a gender thing. And of course, now that I say that, you're thinking, oh, because it's a woman. I'm like, yes, it was a woman. It was a young woman. And oh, you think that she got it because she's a woman? I'm like, I don't know why she got it. I really don't. Um, This was answer an ad in a newspaper. Come for an hour long discussion on why our product is great and how easy it is to sell stuff. And then... Tomorrow morning, you're out on the road. So they gave them away pretty quick. We all started around the same time. I got, you know, what there was. And everybody else got what there was. I just hustled like a mofo. And when I called in, because I called in regularly, wherever new town I was in, I would say, this is Agent Jeff reporting. And they were like, oh, it's so funny, you know. Because I just like to be funny. I like to be funny and deal with stress. And I hated the job. Hated it. They had a really good product. That doesn't matter. I hate selling other people's shit. I like telling people about my shit. Because if you like me, you'll like my shit. Yeah. And if you don't want to buy it, most of it's free anyway. So, whatever. I just want you to like me. People are a lot nicer, nicer to me when they like me. And if you don't like me, well, then I'm going to go over here now. And so, I would have this cookbook. A best-selling cookbook. But our company rebounded. it. Gave it a gold edge that did not come off on your fingers. Like everything was good. Full color. Everything like that. They didn't have to write the cookbook. It was already a cookbook. But they just rebounded into a deluxe edition. And then we're selling them. And because we didn't have to do all the publication of the original book. And all this sort of thing. We can get it for cheap and bulk. And then we can sell it for a markup. And still make a shit ton. You know. And so our markup was to make this 
hardcover, large-sized cookbook, thick, gold edge, padded cover, full color, everything like that, great paper, wonderful photography, you know, because the cookbook's already a good cookbook. And we could sell it for like twenty one ninety five or twenty one eighty five, a weird number. Twenty one sixty five, and but we had a flyer that says that it's like you know fifty nine ninety nine or something like that, because that's how much you would expect something like that to go for. But because we didn't publish it, it was done, and we we were able to sell it for cheap, and so we come in with this big old cookbook, to. A doctor's office, a lawyer's office, a police station, the point of this story. And here's the spiel. You know, hi, how you doing? I'm with, you name the company. And we're just going around all the local businesses in the area and dropping off one of these books. And I come back in a couple of days and pick it up again. You can put it in a drawer, I don't care. I just get credit for dropping it off. And they're like, you can't leave stuff here. I'm like, yeah, I'm not selling anything. You know, they're like, you can't sell stuff here. For everything they have to say, there's an excuse. I'm like, nope, just put it in a drawer. I don't even care. You know, just you'd be helping me out. And people want to help each other out. You're using a little psychology, a little sociology here. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, just don't. I'm, and, and usually, usually, I'm talking, you're like, oh, nine times out of ten. I'm like talking 99 out of 100, really. Bars. The, the most pushback I got was from the police. I went into the police station of a town of 30 grand. Um, so it has bulletproof glass. I mean, they have their, their criminals. They have the main streets and, you know, some pollution, you know. It's in, uh, you know, New England. So it's not like one of the major, major cities. But eh, it's a good-sized city. So it has a police force that has bulletproof glass. And so I get there and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just going around all the business in the area. I tell them my spiel. And the person, you know, the officer behind there is like saying, yeah, you might not find it when you get back. I mean, stuff kind of walks around around here. I got an excuse for that. I'm like, hey, nothing ventured, nothing gained. If it's gone, it's gone. I'll pay for it. But, you know, what's your name? Officer, you know, gives me his last name. And I'm like, oh, okay. What's your first name? You know, Ted. And you're like, okay, so Ted. So you write him his name on the top of the flyer. And you put the flyer in the book. And you close the book. Now, people have a tendency to want to open a thing that's closed and close the thing that's open. So you don't leave it open. You leave it closed. And you're like, just, yeah. And you got to slide it under the bulletproof glass. No joke. And it just, just barely fits. Like, I was like, I can't walk around. If I can't fit it under the glass, then I can't give it to him. And it just barely fits. And he takes it and he's like, you know... And I had put his name on the top of the flyer. And I'm like, and then we're supposed to pull what's called a Columbo from the TV show Columbo. That Peter Falk was a shabbily dressed, stooping, simple-minded, addled-brained detective who's actually brilliant. But he doesn't want anybody to know that. And he's so good at playing this kind of slovenly, you know, cigar smoking, hunched back, you know, like that everybody kind of just like dismisses him. And he's so polite and everything like that. It's like, oh, well, excuse me. Oh, okay. You know, and it's, he, he seems very simple minded. But then he gets everybody together at the end of the episode and he's like, okay, well, I think there's, you know, and they're just like, whatever, this guy's never going to figure it out. And just as he's like, oh, okay, I guess that 
everybody's got an alibi and there's no clues and oh well and he's just just as he's about to leave he's like oh wait one more thing you weren't there that night you were there the following night which we found out by asking them other and so where were you that night you were actually there we found out from there and you had time and opportunity and motive and to do it and the way you did it you know like just tells the entire fucking and it's called a Columbo because he would just as he's about to leave, he turns around and he gives the entire answer. Like he's like, actually, it was you. You know, you're like, what? How did this motherfucker figure it? Out? Because he was brilliant the whole time. And so we're supposed to do what's called a Columbo, which is as we're leaving, we've dropped off the book, got the flyer with her name on it. There, some of them don't even wait till I leave the room to open it up because it's pretty. It's fucking pretty. And and because they're curious, because they're kind of laughing, like. But then I really get them with my Columbo, which is, oh, and by the way, if you should get, you know, 10 other people interested in wanting to order a copy, then you can have that one for free. (laughs) Usually gets a response like that. A little laugh. When I came back to the police station, they wanted three cases of books. And that's how I made second best of all. Because I sold them a shit ton. And anyways, cops. Cups people too. And so the guy gives me a ticket for 75 and which actually worked out in my favor because the very next time I got pulled over, I was doing like six miles an hour over the speed limit. And like, but because I wasn't in a pack, I was all by myself. I was easy to spot. And so I got pulled over. It was a different road. I got pulled over and the person only gave me a warning, I'm assuming, because they checked to see like what other priors I had had, saw that I had already done my, you know, driving school online course and got the ticket, you know, got the, the points taken off my license and all that, but saw that I got a ticket for going 75, which must look like terrible. Like, why would you give him a ticket? So he felt sorry for me and he only gave me, and that happened like, that, that was good for a couple more times. Because I, it, it took me about a year or so to stop speeding. <laughs> really, it's really hard to stop speeding when you love to speed. But it gets you pulled over around here, you know? I'm not in the big city anymore. And so now I'm listening to stuff on tape and, you know, not usually music. I'm usually listening to a podcast or a book on tape. And so, and, and every once in a while there'll be a jerk behind me and I, I have to get around the person in front of me and I'm like looking around for cops Cause I'm like, I'm just doing it to get out of this guy's way. Trust me. And anywho, back to the stories here. What are we at? Uh, okay. I don't need to mind cops or asshole drivers. They can just go on by paying me no mind. People said, oh yeah, don't get a red car. Said that already. Oh yeah. I had the crash five months ago. I survived. Whoop. I was driving home, tired, late at night, my own fault. Was planning on stopping at the very next gas station for some tea or an energy drink. I hate caffeine and all these kind of things, but I was sleepy. It was like 1.30 in the morning. I'd been driving for an hour and I still had a half an hour to go. I was going to stop. I was I was thinking of like pulling over where the trucks pull over and like taking a nap. But there were truck, the trucks weren't there. It was like the bound, around the big turn. And I was like, I don't want to get hit by a car. Well, like if I can park next to a big semi truck, then they'll hit the semi, not me. But if I'm all by myself, I don't know. 
Maybe that was sleepy logic. I don't know. I didn't want, but I was like, I'm almost to the next gas station. I'm almost there. But that damn. I hate caffeine. And to prove that, I crashed my car before I reached the gas station. I was taking slow, sweeping turns, and I just went off onto the shoulder as I'm making a turn, just a little. And I was startled, and the tall grass was blinding me. So I, tur- I turned the car back towards the road, but before I could get there, the guardrail post stopped me. Like, just seriously, another couple of feet. I only got minor injuries, though. Lucky! I posted pics of it in my comic strip that I did for work, Clocky and Watchy, the time clock and the timekeeper. I work payroll, not my dream. And I remind people to fill out their time cards. And since I like being creative and revealing things about my life to my captive, granted, audience at work. Well, not all captive. I had doubled my readership well past the department, you know, since starting people in other departments and divisions and everything like that and other schools, you know. But apparently posting pics of a pulverized engine in, in a pulverized engine and front end is not safe for work. So I had to move my cartoons underground. I mean, I don't suddenly work blue or anything, but now I can cross-promote. Cubicle Minders is where you'll find Clocky and Watchy. And then the ones before I invented Clocky and Watchy, and I was just doing random cartoons. You're getting the sense that I'm, I'm indie faith, trying to follow big faith's rise the same way, but no. The same way that revolutions eventually wind up as empires. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm telling about my own stuff that also doesn't cost anything. You know, I'm not selling cookbooks now. Like I say, I only lasted a week. I hated that job. Even though I was the second best I ever had. Even if I was the first best I ever had, I would have, I hated it. So I'm, I can tell you stuff about my own stuff because I'm like, if you like this, you'll like that. And you're like, oh, well, eventually you're going to start shilling other products and being a salesman and stuff like that. I'm like, hmm. I can't say I promise I won't. I can't say that. Because if, if we get a partnership with a sponsor or stuff like that, and it helps me do the things I want to do, why the fuck wouldn't I do that? Why the fuck wouldn't I do that? Oh, because it means you're selling out. I'm like, no, it means I'm co-producing. It means I'm working. And they're going to tell people about my shit. Do I not want people to advertise me? Of course I do. They're, it's It's if you are doing something that you fully disagree with. Like, I fundamentally disagree with this product, but they gave me some money, and they told me, act more like them, and so, because it's money, I want to act more like them. I hate them, and I hate myself for doing it, but now I have more money to do what I want after I do the things that make me hate myself, what they want. That would be selling out. But if you're like, oh no, it's a really good product, I like it, I use it, they're partners, they like our methods and they like what we do they tell people about us we tell people about them that's that i'm okay with but right now i don't have any sponsors so i can be all high and mighty and say no i only advertise my own shit so fuck you and then you'll find out that a lot of my websites are hosted on other companies but i don't mention those other companies but you can find out what those other companies are anybody can and so you're like aha so you are driving traffic to big business and big faith somehow is also a um, person who gets good things from them. So you are supporting big faith by doing big business, by doing big anything. 
So there. Now I'm just telling people about my own stuff. doesn't cost anything except your time and attention and a little bit of your soul, but just a little bit. I suck out a little juice, a little happy juice away from your happy center, and then I power my real goal, happy land, and that you have to pay to get in. Ha ha.